in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello. Hello. Oh, boy. Yeah, bad news from Texas. I mean, the worst kind. Children killed. Ten years ago, I remember where I was when Sandy Hook happened. I was walking up Third uh, Avenue, and, man, that that was horrible. Then these things um, somehow seem, I can't say routine, but see them all the time. This, though, is, this is um, 19, 19 kids, two teachers. Now, I, I have noticed a couple of things that uh well number one there's there's a way to follow this or what comes next there's a, a huge gun control debate and that lasts for about 48 to 72 hours tops start talking about gun control lately though if they can tie the shooter to uh anything that might be right wing they'll forget about guns and they'll just talk about white supremacy for 48 to 72 hours um so last week we had the Buffalo situation and it looked like that guy had, well, he hated everybody and everything. If he embraced anything, it was AOC and her green new deal. Um, but some falsely tried to say that he was a right wing, uh, you know, he watched Tucker Carlson and that's why he did it. I didn't hear much about guns at all. I didn't hear anything about guns. Actually. It was all about the right, right wing hate. We got to clamp down on uh uh, white supremacy, right? Because that's such a, a major scourge out there. Nothing about guns. Now, this case, the shooter is 18-year-old, alleged. He's dead now, so it'll never be proven in court. But alleged shooter, Salvatore Ramos. Now, the name obviously has a an ethnic twang. And we're not talking too much about the shooter. Not at all. It's all about guns. Oh, guns, 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 guns. We got to talk about guns. And look, I, I'll talk about anything. I hate the way the fake news does it, though. In a huff, it's performative, and then they move on to the next huff, the next thing they can, you know, exploit for Joe Biden, sure, but exploit mostly for themselves. Something they can keep them on air keep them outraged, keep them vamping. Hell, I could talk about a shoebox. I, I I don't need that kind of material. I don't want that kind of material. Some of these folks, I don't know. I don't know about that, though. And um, I was watching Morning Joe of all. Boy, they've got it down to an art, but they're kicking it up. Guys were calling Ted Cruz evil. Uh, you know, Republicans are grotesque. It's the kind of things they're saying. No, they're not grotesque. And by the way, a real reaction to this can be people buying more guns. It's kind of natural. You hear about it all the time. Gun sales tend to go up after a mass shooting. And I understand why. I don't think I want to wait around for the cops to show up the next time somebody goes on a murderous rampage near me. Probably won't happen, but it could. I'd like to have a gun. And the Constitution says I have a right to a gun. Hysterical news anchors can't tell me I don't. Hysterical senators can't tell me I don't. I do. You do. It's there. 
the media could take a look at themselves and this horrific culture we've built, why certain things are valued and certain things are completely debased. You go around talking about faith, you will be debased, you will be mocked. Talk about responsibility. What are we now? What are we? We are a self-indulgent, rude, crude, obnoxious society, epitomized by what so many people just want, to be a reality TV star and or a social media star, where you can be, where depraved behavior is awarded, where drinking in excess is fun. Hey, I hear this kid, this shooter, the alleged shooter, was bullied because of his lisp, bullied because he was poor. Hey, I think mental illnesses are a real thing, obviously. It is. The White House tried to deny that last week, though. They wanted to say, no, we don't want to talk about mental illness. We want to talk about white supremacy. Because talking about mental illness will stigmatize those who are mentally ill or are struggling, and they'll feel bad about themselves. Well, shut up. It's just, we are not children. We are not children. That's what they do. They treat us like children. I was, um, I remember, you know, their social media crackdown on so-called hate speech, and they're going through content, your content, my content, trying to weed out what conservatives are saying. Oh, this is, uh, they're more concerned about my thoughts about the 2020 election than they are about finding an alleged uh, mass shooter. Because these guys talk about things ahead of the game often. Interesting. I've never heard of a, an algorithm to try to find alleged mass murderers. Are there certain keywords that they use? Never heard anything about that. But, oh, talk about the election? You'll be escorted off of social media immediately. I, I remember. I actually posted about Bill de Blasio. Do you remember when he shut down the Tower of Lights, the Tower of Lights on 9-11? We canceled it because of COVID. We canceled it because of COVID. Now, right around that time, Black Lives Matter was going crazy, and Bill de Blasio and his friends painted BLM right on Fifth Avenue in front of Trump Tower to prove a point. Who knows what, but... And they had fun, and the media was there, and all the politicians came, and they put on their little smocks, and they painted in the street. And, oh, by the way, they were clustered, and some were not wearing masks. But it was for racial justice, and that's okay, right? That's okay. Yet, somehow, shooting those beams of light in the air was deemed dangerous because of COVID. And I put up a meme. It was going around. I reposted it. It said, according to Bill de Blasio, this is okay, in a picture of him painting in the street, but this is not. 9-11 9-11 tribute light from the year prior. And guess what? I started getting messages from people. You know, you know your, your content is being flagged and censored. I'm like, what? And it was. You could not even see the picture. And it said false content. And you click on it. It says, this has been proven by our fact checkers to be false. Bill de Blasio was not responsible for dismantling the Tower and Lights tribute. And somebody else made that decision. You get the hell out of my... You get the hell out of my life, big tech. Can you imagine that? It's political speech. Was I literally saying that he turned off the lights? No. And even if I did, so what? This is America. You're free to make mistakes. You're free to be wrong. You're free to be right. You're free to make your point. And other people are, they can, they can argue with you. Fine. 
but they kicked the whole damn thing off of social media. I went nuts. I went totally ballistic. You are messing with the wrong Marine. I started, <laughs> I didn't threaten anybody, but I was getting very, very aggressive. I was just seething. And they bolt, They ultimately put it back up with a warning. Partially false. Partially false. Well, here's the deal. De Blasio did not use his influence. And the mayor is a pretty influential cat when it comes to the lights downtown to keep him on. And it was okay to say that. See, they're hassling me. They're hassling conservatives, but are they really looking for the real problem out there? No? I mean, would-be shooters? Hey, another thing about guns. I mean, it is a constitutional right. I don't see how you get around that. We have all kinds of restrictions. They don't seem to be working. Or maybe there are too many restrictions. I am... I think citizens should have guns. They do. If they want them. Now more than ever, as our institutions crumble and our governments become even more powerful and power-hungry, I um, I want guns. But I tell you, they, you, you, the guns, getting rid of them is not going to fix this. You can go overseas. Did you see we talked about it just a couple of days ago? In Norway, some guy went on a rampage, killed 20 people with a bow and arrow. A bow and arrow. In China... They, they try to censor this stuff, but they have guys going on rampages all the time with axes and knives, killing like 100 people. It's happened. You can look it up. How about taking a car and mowing down people? That happens. Oh, it happened in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Are we going to regulate cars? Anybody right now, if you're in a car, and I don't want, obviously I'm not giving anybody ideas, but that is potentially a weapon of mass destruction. We saw it in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Hey, we saw it here in New York City. Uh, 2017, Halloween. Remember that madman who, terrorist, Islamic extremist terrorist, who mowed down all those people on the West Side Highway, on the bike path? Killed like, what, 12 people? They were, a lot of them were from Argentina on a, on a trip. They were on their bicycles, mowed them down. He was in a truck. Happened in Nice, France. Hey, there are people who have killed uh, hundreds of people with poison. Poison. Getting rid of guns, they will find another another method of mass destruction, I believe. And, and that's not the answer. I, I hear Chris, what the hell is his name again? Chris Ryan, Chris Murphy, Murphy. He was literally, literally crying last night. And I understand people do get emotional about children dying, of course. But his his anger and his emotion was really directed at like you know, Mitch McConnell. We need to do something. We need to do something. Well, that's just the problem. You guys, you just want to look like you're doing something. It doesn't matter if it's effective or not. You just want to look like you're doing something. And that's uh, that's pretty cheap. That's one of the reasons why we don't like politicians. Oh, and speaking of cheap politicians, Joe Biden last night. Uh, he comes out, and he was just the first. His very first words were about him, by the way. He said, I didn't want to do this when I became president. Like, okay, thanks. All right. Reminding yourself and everybody else that you're president. How can you make the very first words about yourself? Let's see. What else happened here? Cut 11. I am sick and tired of it. We have to act. And don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. Um, are you, Joe? You're sick and tired of it. 
and he broke out that thing, you know, I know what grief is like, the so-called consoler-in-chief. I don't think America was reassured. Cut 12. It's been 3,448 days, 10 years since I stood up at a high school in Connecticut, a grade school in Connecticut, where another gunman massacred 26 people, including 20 first graders at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Since then, there have been over 900 incidents of gunfires reported on school grounds. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Santa Fe High School in Texas. Oxford High School in Michigan. The list goes on and on, and the list grows. It does. And you know what we never, ever, ever, ever talk about? The shooters and what kind of psychotropic drugs they might be on. Because in the past uh, 30 years, just about everybody's on something. Lithium, dilithium, uh, Xanax, you name it. There's some and uh, some of these drugs, not Xanax, by the way, but some of these drugs have side effects. You, you hear them. You hear them on TV. Suicidal ideations. Wow, that does not sound good. Suicidal is awfully close to homicidal, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, could some of these drugs be bringing this stuff on? I think it needs to be looked into, at least talked about. All they're doing now is talking about gun control and white supremacy. The same two culprits, right? What about, and why don't we talk about it? You know why? Because the drug companies are so damn powerful, and they don't want that conversation to be had. Sorry. (laughs) Again, messing with the wrong Marine. Be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, here's something. The the guy who got shot on the Q train, the Goldman Sachs employee, really, uh, really bad stuff. Hey, if you're riding the train, do not ride the damn train. It's not safe enough. Get off that damn train if you can afford it. Uh, take a bus, take a cab, uh, walk, whatever you got to do. Uh, don't take a bike if you can avoid that. I almost got run over today by a bike. Two guys went right through a red light. Two guys, you know what they look like? Yuppies. Yuppies. You know, with their little backpacks on and their little helmets and their little iPhone uh, headphone thingamajigs. I, oh, gosh, right through. Hey, right through the red light, huh, buddy? Just gave me a look. I could tell he wanted to say something else, but he just went right through there. Aren't these damn bikes supposed to? Hey, City Bike. What? City Bike is from City Bank. City Bank. I think I need to start calling these people out. Get those stupid bikes off the road. They are a menace. Nobody should be riding a bike past the age of 13 anyway. All right. What the hell are we? China? Come on. Get a car. Get an automobile. Ride a bike. I know everybody can't have a car, but I just don't like this bike situation. I I gave up my bike in middle school. Middle school. We used to call it junior high school. Uh, Goldman Sachs victim here. Hold on one moment. Goldman Sachs. You heard about this uh, terrible situation. Uh, Goldman Sachs bankers fret their targets for violent crime after New York City slay. Goldman Sachs New York employees griped that they increasingly face becoming targets of violent crime during their commutes after a co-worker at the mega bank was tragically gunned down, the New York Post reports. Can Goldman lead the pack for banks on issuing Kevlar vests? 
One fed-up Goldman banker wrote, uh, let's see, a lot of dark wisecracking around the bank. I can't blame them. Uh, some of Goldman, they took aim at Goldman's higher-ups. Well, what, come on, wait. Last week were granted unlimited vacation days to rest and recharge, even as rank-and-file uh, employees have complained of 100-hour work weeks. You know, a pain in the neck place to work. I don't want to go there. So, um, all right, here's the thing. Uh, Daniel Enriquez, that was his name, right? Brutally shot Sunday on the Q train. Now, I just heard something that he happened to be gay and had a longtime partner. And someone's pointing out, like, could this have been a hate crime? Uh, could the shooter have been motivated by this individual's orientation? It's very possible that it was completely random, although I wonder if there was an element of that. Hmm? Could be. Could be. But they only like certain types of hate crimes, I noticed. The media, and even law enforcement. If a hate crime is waged, ideally, by a white guy who watches the Tucker Carlson show. Oh, boy, watch out. Uh, anything else? The uh, the alleged shooter happens to be black, happens to be Hispanic. No, 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 no. Let's talk about the weaponry involved. And let's talk about Mitch McConnell and how he is not... He has not done his job yet. I think that's uh, hey, Vic is in Cherry Ridge, New Jersey, Pennsylvania again. Hi, Vic. Hi, Greg. <clears throat> You're absolutely right. You know, the narrative is the guns. It's all about the guns, not the fact that the shooter was Hispanic. And uh, what do we know about this shooter? That you know, somebody at church told me this morning he's illegal, but I haven't been able to determine. I that. have not been able to determine that either. And let's just remind everybody that he's Hispanic has nothing to do with much of anything. However, it does make the media less reluctant to dwell on him and his story, and they shift to uh, guns. It's all about guns. You can't find that much information about him. It's de-emphasized. Whereas this other guy, the shooter at Buffalo, I mean, I heard his high school teacher interview, I, 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 his neighbor, his best friends, we read his manifesto, all that stuff. This guy, uh, who knows what the hell motivates somebody, but yeah, it's it's definitely there's definitely a difference, right, Vic? Absolutely. And one more point, you know, they have all this money there that was supposed to be given to these schools for the COVID. How about armed security guards and all the schools? How about that? You know what I mean? And and some sort of deterrent, you know? Maybe. Maybe. All those kids are precious, most precious resource, unguarded, and so many people, like from, from human traffickers to mass shooters. I mean, anytime you have any gathering of uh, more than 100 people, I mean, movie theaters have security guards, right? I mean, basically, I mean, your your typical office has a security guard. Why wouldn't a typical school? Now, maybe they did, by the way. I don't know. And the information is all over the place. Hey, I think in Parkland there's a security guard there as well. So it doesn't make it – it's not the be-all and end-all. You know? Steve is in Naples, Florida. Yes, Steve. Hey, Greg. You know, uh, one reason why I listen to your show, you know, we talk about it being a complicated issue, but we live in a sin-sick world with people over-anxious uh, – stressed out to no end, especially young people who are increasingly socially isolated. You know, I listen to your show because you talk about the answer, and that's your faith in Christ. And we can do that on an individual basis. 
I don't know if things are going to get better in this world, but we can impart that hope to other people. And I can't imagine what those parents are thinking. Uh, but I know where my hope is and I know where your hope is. And I think we need to talk more about that. And I give you credit for having the courage to talk about that, Greg. Well, thank you, Steve. Uh, you know what? It would take me more courage to not talk about it. I'd be afraid to not talk about it. You have to talk about it. And you know what? I have obvious compassion for the victims here. I mean, these little kids. And I I have some compassion also for the shooter. I mean, he was a, a, a tortured life, obviously mentally ill. His mother was a drug addict, all kinds of issues. This is not an excuse, but uh, what kind of turmoil, torment was he going through? I heard he was bullied. There's bullying happens all the time. I see all those anti-bullying campaigns, right? All the time on Channel 7. Don't be a bully and uh, bullying awareness. And uh, the more we talk about it, the more it seems to happen. Anyway, there is a big answer. And I've been, well, more on my little journey when I get back. I got to go just for a minute, though. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Given that I have one of the fastest growing Twitter accounts in the universe, uh, they tell me I've got a lot of influence these days. Uh, They do. People reach out and they say, hey, can you tweet about this? Can you tweet about that? I'm like, no. Oh, by the way, I did not go to see the Top Gun movie last night. I just, uh, number one, it's true. I did not want to, it's such a hassle to make the damn uh, uh, reservation. 7 p.m. showings in the IMAX theater and I had to make a reservation and you know what that entails. I got to set up an account. I got to give them a new password. The password, you know, it's got to be a special type of password. I got fed up and I said, I'm doing this some other time. I just want to wander in off the street, no big deal, and go see a movie. Is that too much to ask? You know, so I can get little uh, notices from uh, the movie theater, from uh, the ticket and Fandango about the next special, that uh, their points club. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I want no electronic record of, of my attending this movie. None. I just want to go and leave, and that's it. But no, I, I have to set up a relationship with IMAX or uh, whatever the hell it is. Hey, Citibank, your stupid citizen bikes. Oh, shoot. Well, I've already made a mistake. Citizen bikes. City bikes. Hey, Citibank, your stupid city bikes stink. All these silly yuppies pedaling around like maniacs, blowing off stoplights, hurting themselves and others. Deadly threat. Cancel city bikes. I think that's probably enough to get them on the phone. What do you think, huh? I tag city. They've got their social media team. They look at how many followers I got, and I do think these things should go away. Why do we need them? Hey, for months out of the year, how many months can you not ride a bike in New York City? Um, December, it's really t- too cold to ride a bike, right? January, February, most of March, can't ride a bike. Eight months out of the year, is it that pleasant? Is it that what... We got subways. We got, well, I know the subway situation, but I don't want anybody on a bike. Or if you do, what we need is a great big crackdown from the cops. I know this is asking a lot, but they need to start handing out tickets at stop signs and stop lights that these guys go right through. And maybe we should license them. Yeah. In New York, sure. I'm for that. I am totally for that. Hold on a second. Citibank, you are on notice. You think this, I got these, I'm going gonna, gonna to make these guys nervous. Hey, the other thing, you know what I hear is nervous. I mean, big time nervous is uh, Eric Adams and his chief of staff. They are up to something. 
Eric Adams and this uh, this silly rope project. Did you hear about this? What's his name? Corone. So there's this little, it's basically like a lasso. You know a lasso that cowboys used? Um, and it doesn't work, but they really, really, really were pushing it. And the New York Times, they push a lot of fake news, but uh, they got something here very interesting. I, I mentioned it in passing, but I, I spent a little bit more time on it, and it looks like Eric Adams is pushing a company that his friend is a major investor in. And Eric is not particularly smart, and he's not particularly ethical, so I could totally see this happening. All right, ready? For years, as an elected official and candidate for New York City mayor, Eric Adams promoted an unconventional police tool called the Bola Wrap, designed to fire a Kevlar tether that ensnares people who might fight or try to flee from the authorities. The handheld device had been tested and rejected by the New York Police Department. Yet in 2018, Mr. Adams, as Brooklyn Borough President, invited reporters to Borough Hall for a Bola rap demonstration, firing it and being fired at himself before exclaiming, this is a damn good product, man. He praised Bola rap again in 2019, bringing it up during a television interview and calling it an excellent tool for diffusing violent situations. And he mentioned it once more during the success, his successful bid for mayor, saying at a forum in 2020 that he had tried to get the police department to use it. What was not widely known, as Mr. Adams lauded the device, was that his friend, political benefactor, and current chief of staff, Frank Carone, had a significant financial stake in the company that makes it. Indeed, Mr. Carone more than doubled his investment within two weeks of Mr. Adams' endorsement at Borough Hall. Hey, there's a silly picture here of Eric Adams standing with the dumb rope around his legs. This guy knows nothing about being a cop. Oh, it's a damn good product. Interviews and records showed uh, that Mr. Carone, the former top lawyer at the Brooklyn Democratic Party, <laughs> invested about $980,000 in rap technologies, the Bola rap maker, over a three-year period. You have that kind of money just laying around? A million dollars to invest in Bola Wrap? Who's going to do that? Unless you got a friend in high places who can make things happen, huh? Uh, ooh, he earned more than $460,000 in profits while Mr. Adams was publicizing the company's chief product. Yeah, this is, uh, we got all kinds of rules and laws and regulations against this kind of stuff, folks. Mr. Corona and Mr. Adams both said. Mr. Adams did not know about Mr. Carone's investment until the Times brought it to the mayor's attention last month. They said Mr. Adams' promotion of Bola Rap was entirely coincidental. Right. Right. It's not like IBM makes this, okay? Bola Rap. What the hell is that? Some obscure company in California. Of all the technologies out there, this one. Now listen to this. I've never had a conversation with Eric about it, ever, Mr. Carone said in an interview. In an interview, You know what that is? That's a non-denial denial. Okay, did you text about it? Did you send an email about it? You know, conversation connotes a verbal exchange. Was there a written exchange? Uh, did you leave out the name? There's all kinds of wiggle room here. 
Nevertheless, by repeatedly plugging the device, Mr. Adams generated publicity that benefited the company and its shareholders, including Mr. Carone, who, again, is the current chief of staff to the mayor. And I'm hearing there's a lot of this stuff, a lot of questionable stuff out there about uh, Carone. Mr. Adams declined to be interviewed for this article. His spokesman, Maxwell Young, said in a statement that Mr. Adams's only goal in promoting Bola Rap was to call for innovative, non-lethal technology to reduce shootings and save lives. He is proud to have received donations from thousands of New Yorkers, blah, 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 blah. Um, now, the New York City Police Department rejected this thing twice. The professionals, okay? And Mr. Carone first brought, he's been introducing Adams to the head of the company again and again and again. And Adams goes around publicizing it. And he says, I can't imagine why the NYPD would not want this thing. Oh, man. Few people played a more integral role in Mr. Adams' rise to City Hall than Frank Carone. Oh, boy. What do you think, folks? What do you think? I think he's dirty. I do. Rap Technology started trading over-the-counter exchange for $5 a share in May of 2018. Let's see. Uh, Mr. Adams received uh, donations from this company. Uh, Mr. Carone said he did not introduce Mr. Cohen to Mr. Adams or ask him for donations. They're talking around it. They're talking around it. Ah, here we go. I cannot imagine anyone in policing that after seeing this device would not start at least a pilot project. That's unimaginable to me. Well, there were certain problems with the product. It was too loud, number one. You fire a rope, it sounded like you were firing a gun. And the police were worried that somebody will think that a gun was just fired. And then they have this thing called sympathetic firing. And then everybody's shooting. So you don't want your non-lethal technology to sound like lethal technology, i.e. a gun. That's a big thing. What were the other problems? Looks like the thing wasn't particularly accurate. You shoot a rope around somebody's leg to stop them from running. You don't need this thing. A lot of people have these ideas and... Uh, it doesn't work. Let's see. What else did the NYPD say about it? All right. Look, I think he's in big trouble. And I hear that the Corone, the chief of staff, is not going to make it because he's got all kinds of other phony baloney uh, deals going behind the scenes. And uh, But I'm not surprised. All right. Back to the issue at hand again. Gun control. They're all talking about it all the time. Uh, if only we can get gun. Gun control would have prevented this, right? Here's Joe Biden. So exasperated. Cut 13. What struck me was these kinds of mass shootings rarely happen anywhere else in the world. Why? They have mental health problems. They have domestic disputes in other countries. They have people who are lost. But these kinds of mass shootings never happen with the kind of frequency they happen in America. Why? Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Well, that's less true than ever before. And you know what liberal filmmaker Michael Moore thinks? He actually thinks it's the media culture. It's the media. The media. They have a huge role in all of this stuff. I don't care for Michael Moore. We disagree on 95, 99% of uh, everything he puts out I disagree with. But every now and then he's got something. Every now and then. He's the one, by the way, he predicted that Trump would win. He also, and I admire this, was one of the most vocal 
opponents of the Iraq war before dur- and during it, and we needed that. Um, why here and in uh, not in other places? I wouldn't wonder, are we more likely to prescribe those psychotropic drugs? I want to put it on the table. I want that discussed. I want that. And I don't like it when... Did you did we get that Joe Scarborough stuff making all that noise? Calling Republicans grotesque? Hey, you know, and I don't think we can leave it to the families of those who have lost children in these mass shootings. Because they've been politicized and they're being used for certain... For whatever cause you want to advance. I saw two families from Parkland. One who was entirely for gun control and the other is entirely against it. I mean, we've got so many you can pick and choose. John is in Pennsylvania. John, hi. Hi, Greg. Uh, I'm up here in PA and I was listening to, you know, this gun control thing and everything else that's going on. Uh, I'm a little bit. Uh, you know, they're paying attention to, yeah, the guns and the assault guns and this, that, and the other thing. I spent three, six-month tours in Vietnam. I don't think that my gun rights should be taken away from me for any – and I mean that's that's what it's leading to. Uh, but has anyone – has anyone said anything about these video games that the kids are playing in the past 20 years? You look at some of these video games and uh, they're – they're, they're popping people off right and left in these video games. And these are young, impressionable kids that it's, this is happening to. You know, Another thing is, you're, <laughs> periodically they do talk about the video games. And it crossed my mind this morning. And this guy like Call of Duty and uh, War of Witchcraft and all that stuff. And you know what? You're probably right. There might be another discussion to be had about it. I mean, I have seen these games. I don't play them. I mean, I'm old enough to remember Pong. I'm old enough to remember Space Invaders. I'm old enough to remember Asteroids. That's about as in-depth as I got in the world of uh, video gaming. And, you know, we weren't after, we weren't popping people's heads off. We were shooting rocks. We were shooting uh, little spiders from outer space. And uh, it does make you wonder, actually. It makes me wonder a lot. And I feel like it's a stale argument, but just because... No, I think, John, I think you may be onto something. I don't know what's ever going to happen. By the way, it's a free country. If I want to make a game like that, if I want to do that, I can do that. And if somebody wants to buy it, they can buy it. I mean, how do we, how do we fix that if we, if we think it needs to be fixed? John. Parents, parents they should, they should I, I, I'm just saying this is one of the things. I mean, I know that a lot of these people come from broken homes where they're abused by the parents, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, but uh, they, they doesn't just don't seem to be aiming the guns in the right direction. Uh, and it's a shame. I'm, I'm, I got grandchildren 10 years old, <laughs> and it shakes me. It, it certainly does. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. And not for nothing, Greg, uh, the time I spent overseas in Vietnam, I spent pulling you guys out of the drink. You and your A4s. Uh, what, were you in a helicopter? What did you do? Yes, I was in SAR, Sierra Rescue. Uh, what ship? And, uh, I was on the Intrepid. I was on the Kearsarge. I was on the Constellation and the Enterprise. I spent, we used to go with these SAR detachments from carrier to carrier. When they pulled into port, we went out to another carrier. Um, but, Pretty cool, uh, man. Pretty cool. You used to go in the water. You're like a scuba guy. I watched you on television. I think it was Channel 5 a lot. 
And uh, I, this is the first time I ever had a chance to talk to you, but, uh, you know, I feel we're kindred spirits. Ah. John, I appreciate it so much. Hey, you should come to New York and check out the Intrepid. You should, um, you know, the shit that you were on. I know exactly what you did, the search and rescue guys. You guys were amazing. Very interesting work. And uh, whenever jets were flying, helicopters were flying, you guys had to be airborne. Hey, did you ever see the bridges of Tokori? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little little bit before my time. It's, still, was, it's before uh, my time, too, but it's still a great movie. And, and, and Andy Rooney is the SAR guy, you know, like you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I In uh, that Top Gun, you'll see that uh, HS, they got an HS-6 squadron. I was in one of those squadrons that uh, was on. What do you do uh, now? What do you do now that you're, uh, what do you do now? I'm retired right now. I'm up in Pennsylvania. Retired what? On vacation, hunting Tom Turkey. (laughs) Retired what? I'm coming back home. Uh, aircraft worker. I worked in aircraft for 25 years at Pan Am and 20 years at American. Did you ever work on 747s? Oh, they put my children through school. I love it. I love it. How about that 747 SP? I love that one, the mini one that can fly all the way to Japan nonstop. I love that plane. We, I, I took that. I took that to Japan and back. Yeah. From Narita, back to New York. It, yeah. Those were the days. But uh, I... All right, listen, I got to take a commercial break. You're the best, John. Stay in touch. Thanks for calling. Interesting stories. We got to talk again. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. They're having a briefing. Officials in Texas are having a briefing about uh, what happened. And it's the governor, it's the sheriff, it's other law enforcement officials. And guess who shows up? Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke, the congressman, the wannabe president, the he's an ex-congressman now, right? Talk about white privilege. Two years in the Congress and he thinks he can be president, right? I just, I don't know. And anyway, he disrupts this thing. Yeah, that's a real professional, right? He disrupts the whole damn thing like a protester, like a Black Lives Matter agitator. Let's see. You got this thing ready? All right, go ahead. Um, I will uh, pass the mic to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Hey. Sit down. Get out of line. Wow. Good for him. Good for him shouting him down. Hey, Beto O'Rourke, you lost the election. Beto O'Rourke, you tried. You tried twice now. You ran for the Senate. You lost. 
and then you had the audacity to run for president. We laughed you out of it. That's up for our elected officials and people in positions of authority. You're a guy from the street. That's it. Beto, we're going to take your guns back. Yes, hell yes, we're going to take your guns back. Beto. Hey, by the way, what the hell's his name? It's Bob. It's not Beto, it's Bob. Oh, ho, ho, I like that. I like that. I like that the official... Oh, boy, that was a good smackdown. This is a. This is like... This happened yesterday. This happened yesterday. And some of these guys up there are first responders, and sheriffs and stuff like that. Hey, let me hear what's going on right now, okay? Right now? Let me just hear this. Let me get a flavor for it. Locally in the school district, I believe one school district's police officer lost his, his wife in the shooting, was there on the scene, and the governor mentioned Sheriff's deputy losing a child <clears throat> in that building as well. Just unspeakable tragedy to this whole community. And the mental health of our law enforcement is, is, is crucial in these times. And it's okay for them to say that something's wrong as well. I, I do my deer hunting here in Uvalde County. It's a beautiful community with beautiful people. And all we can say is how tragic this is and the support this, this, this state will show and will continue to show. And we, we just appreciate your resiliency. Right. These, are, these are appropriate remarks. Appropriate remarks. And that ambulance chaser... Beto O'Rourke, oh, what a, he goes to this solemn event, and I'm sorry, if you're a governor, a lieutenant governor, or sheriff, you have a role, you have a role there. You may not like what the person has to say, but to heckle him, to heckle him, you know, we get that from, um, you know, various bimbos and maniacs, but, uh, well, Beto, I guess, is a bit of a bimbo himself, isn't he? Beto O'Rourke. What is he, 35? Beto. Beto, what is he? He's a rich kid who ran for Congress and then runs for president. Vanity Fair magazine, I was born to do this. Born to do what exactly? Make it. Can I hear that one more time? Here's Beto showing up at a, at a serious press conference about carnage. He's not an elected official. He's not an official. He's just a guy achy to get on TV. Go ahead. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Hey, stop. stop. Take it from the very beginning. The very beginning, where it was like you could hear the guys talking a little bit. The way you played it the last time, because it gives you a sense. That really, he comes out from left field. All right, you ready? All right, let's go. Patrick. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Sit down. I don't believe this. The next shooting is right now, and you are doing nothing. No. You need to get his ass out of here. This isn't the place to talk to this over. This is totally predictable. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you are out of line. Sir, you are out of line. Please leave this auditorium. I can't believe you're a sick son of a bitch that would come to a deal like this to make a political issue. Yeah, you want me to come in? So we're following. Oh man, they broke in just when it was getting good. Just when it was getting good. Oh, Beto, that was a big mistake. Now I know your liberal maniac base will probably love it. 
But it was unprofessional. It was unproductive. Beto is the guy, by the way, who said, we're going to get your guns. We're going to get your AR-15s. And, and Biden, Biden gave him that assignment. Biden, Biden did. Did we find that clip yet? It's a pretty good one. Oh, there's the music. Well, Beto, you did it this time. Anyway, very, very sad news out of uh, Texas. But I think we got to have a full and fair and honest conversation about it, right? Not the selective phony one the fake news and Democrats want us to have. Sorry, Charlie. Ain't happening. Okay, what else? Sorry about the Top Gun movie. I will get to it this weekend. Oh, everyone's saying Donald Trump had a horrible night. No, he didn't. He had a great night. I'll explain when we come back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so Trump, um, some of his candidates did not win last night. He wanted Jody Heiss for lieutenant governor. Sorry, Secretary of State in Georgia. He lost. He wanted David Perdue for governor in Georgia. He lost. But he's been winning a hell of a lot of races. He's like 80 and 2, 80 and 4. He's been doing very well. And I think it's a great testament to him and how much he cares that he's making these kinds of endorsements to begin with. It's incredible. Most ex-presidents sit on their ass, um, feel sorry for themselves, write a memoir, build a library, and go into basically hiding. George H.W. Bush did that. Jimmy Carter did that. And uh, Donald Trump will not do that. Because not only is he an ex-president, we believe he's a future president. And he cares about this country. Unlike those other guys, he did not get into politics to be something. He got into politics to do something. And what good is popularity? What good is power if you don't use it to accomplish what you want done? And getting America first candidates in office, that's what he wants done. Now, a couple of takeaways, though. Looks like they really don't like it. The voters don't like it. It's one thing if uh, the president wants to make a recommendation for U.S. Senate. But when you start getting into uh, who should be the lieutenant governor or the secretary of state, Nah, there's a kind of a, we got this, uh, Mr. President. This is our area, not yours. Hey, there's Governor Rabbit. I like him a lot. He's the governor of Texas. Can I just hear this for a moment? He's speaking about the horrible tragedy in uh, the, from yesterday. Go ahead. Of this particular elementary school or the ISD about what the status was concerning threat assessments. However, uh, to make sure that your broader question is answered sufficiently, uh, Mike, you want to come up? This, the person coming up is Mike Morath, who is the commissioner for the Texas Education Agency. So there's significant appropriations provided to uh, ensure that the uh, local school systems around the state have resources for this. Uh, one of the components of Senate Bill 11 was a school safety allotment. There was additional upfront funding for that. The Texas School Safety Center and our agency work in uh, collaboration to provide technical assistance and training to school district leaders, counseling team leaders, others, to ensure that the, uh, the threat assessment protocols and these uh, procedures, uh, including uh, threat response plans and the operational multi-hazard plans, are practiced um, on, a, on a recurring basis. So uh, uh, there have been uh, essentially uh, fairly significant efforts to bolster those managerial practices and these um, 
detective or pre preventative practices in schools all over the state of Texas. Wow. Um, we will continue to do more. Um, after uh, any incident like this, of course, you um, uh, reflect on uh, lessons learned um, uh, to, to um, ensure that we can prevent this kind of uh, situation um, in schools um, uh, uh, going forward. Well, the, yeah. first, the first chunk of that was very bureaucratic, right? I mean, bureaucrats speak like that. Not all bureaucrats are bad. You got to, like, you know, these are professionals and they got to bring in protocols. And But, man, that was a lot of, uh, that's how government technicians speak. I want to know more about the security situation at the school. Was there an armed security guy? I don't know. I've heard a lot of conflicting reports. Hey, one more time to the sheriff. He seems like a good guy. Can I hear this? To the parents and the school boards and the, and the school districts. And, uh, and they're doing the best they can. Uh, and you're always going to have, again, no matter what you do, there's going to be someone to find a, another area that's vulnerable. But um, the legislature, legislature did act. The governor signed those bills. But we can and need to do more. And in the area of mental health, we're, we've also been working on that as well, but need to do more. Um, uh, we've got to, in our smaller schools, where, where we can get down to one entrance, um, one entrance might be one of those solutions. If he had taken three more minutes to find an open door, police were there pretty quickly. But this school district has been doing a really good job uh, in trying to protect their students. And those teachers died yesterday protecting their students. And this is a continued work for us. Governor, you were at a political fundraiser in Walker County. Why did you not cancel that event? And your press office has stated that you plan on canceling all future political events going forward until further notice. Does that include the NRA commission here in Houston on Friday? So first, with regard to uh, yesterday, uh, I was uh, actually in Taylor County responding to a different disaster a disaster of uh, fires that had uh, ripped through Taylor County and destroyed 20 homes. And that is when I uh, learned uh, about the shooting that was taking place pretty much at that time uh, here. Uh, on the way back to Austin, uh, I stopped and let people know uh, that I could not stay, that I needed to go, uh, and I wanted them to know what happened. Uh, and get back to Austin so that I could continue my collaboration with Texas law enforcement uh, to make sure that uh, all the needs were being met uh, here in the Uvalde area. Uh, as far as future plans are concerned, listen, I'm living moment to moment right now. Uh, my heart, my head, and my body are in Uvalde. All right. right hey, now. there's a big NRA uh, conference, I guess, this weekend. The NRA is not the problem. The National Rifle Association, they're about gun safety. They are about responsible gun ownership, all right? I don't think we've ever had an NRA member be one of these mass shooters, by the way. They are the good guys in all of this. And don't forget, yes, this is horrific. There's horror every day, especially with children. And yes, especially with black children, children of color. And black children killing other black children, that's happening. Yet we, we look to the boogeyman of the white racist police officer, which does not exist, which does not exist. And that was a great big lie and the great big tragedy of Black Lives Matter, that they pushed this uh, fraud, this uh, dangerous myth that cops were the bad guys, that the whole damn system is racist. 
And so many people bought into that. The man on the street, corporations, white people, black people, everybody. Everybody. Except you and me. We know better. We do. But we <laughs> we are the light. And there's so much darkness around us right now. Uh, hey, Trump did very... We already mentioned Trump. I just... I, I admire that he's putting his... He's, he's taking risks when very few others will. Politicians, he does not behave the way they behave. They accrue power and popularity for themselves, not for other people. The fact that he made how many endorsements? 80, 90 endorsements? I think Obama's going to break a sweat for anybody like that? I got to count up how many endorsements Obama has made for Kenneth since he left office. Let me think. Three. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden, uh, Stacey Abrams. Uh, maybe it's just two. He doesn't stick his neck out for anybody. Uh, no, 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 no. All right. Can I hear this, please, if you don't mind? This is um, this is uh, Joe Scar. No, Joe Biden trying to uh, well lying about America. Cut twenty-seven. It is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. Can't we arrest him for lying or perjury? I guess he can't because that happened, didn't happen in court. We can't get him on that, can we? No. Hey, the thing that I'll be talking about tonight, I'm trying to find some experts. What role did psychotropic drugs play? Maybe not in this case. We don't know yet. But we got a lot of people taking these drugs who weren't taking them a few decades ago. As this country, we're taking more of it than ever before. And can that lead to suicidal ideations, like it says right on the bottle, like they say in the commercial? And suicidal and homicidal, to me, sound very much alike, very closely related. I don't think this is much of a stretch. Do you? Alfred and Yonkers, yes, sir. Hey, Greg. Um, thank you for taking my call once again. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and um, I appreciate your honesty. You're probably one of the most honest radio talk show host on here, you know, among a few. But um, I just wanted to say that this this reaction to, to uh, shoot, you know, these mass shootings, you know, this knee-jerk reaction of gun control all the time. I'm an NRA member and a veteran and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I just, I don't think it's prudent that they should, you know, it's all, they're politicizing everything. And, you know, they're just... Yeah, I know what it's like, man. I know. Everybody seems to have a script, and they use it. And sometimes they drag out the families of people who've lost relatives. I mean, look, you can say whatever you want in America, but I think this is pretty damned exploitive. MSNBC breaking out this father of a Parkland shooting victim. Listen to what he said this morning on the news. Cut 32. And the gun manufacturers have spent two decades aggressive. This is cut 32. Cut 32. Okay, well, let's listen to the whole thing. I think you're going to hear the father at the end of it, I hope. Cut 32. All right, it's the wrong cut. Stand by. Stand by for how long? Nah, never mind. You get back to me on that one. Uh, but he, t- he called Ted Cruz evil. Evil. Now, you can disagree with people. Uh, Ted Cruz is not an evil man. Who's evil? Hitler was evil. I don't know anybody evil. Evil? He believes in gun rights. If you believe in the Second Amendment, you're evil? Remember, if it wasn't a gun, it could have been a car. It could have been a vehicle. It could have been a bow and arrow. It could have been a 
a saber. Could have been an axe. And it's happened. It happens in other countries. Joe Biden's wondering, well, why don't we have mass shootings in other countries? Well, we do have they have mass carnage in other countries involving all kinds of weapons. They have had mass shootings, but they also have mass rampages with bows and arrows and axes and poison and gas. Oh, yeah, gas. Remember that weirdo who uh, gassed the Japanese subway station? Mass murder. You can't get guns there, but you can get enough chemicals together and create a horrible gas that wiped a lot of people out. Um, All right. So with that, I will go back to Gail in Staten Island. Gail, yes. Good evening. Good evening. Listen to me. I'm sorry. Um, First of all, when you were talking about our mayor, uh, he's taking a page out of the playbook of the president's uh, family, plausible deniability. And um, I just wanted to say uh, this abject, uh, conscientious objector over here that just came in, rabble rouser, Beto O'Rourke, terrible, at a time of tragedy when they're trying to speak to parents and a community. It really looked bad. It was a big mistake for Beto to do this, Beto O'Rourke. By the way, let's stop calling him Beto. His name is Bob. Bob O'Rourke, which, by the way, sounds like, you know, State Senator Bob O'Rourke from Ridgefield, right? But Beto sounds so much more interesting. Here he is. This was really a humiliating moment. He thought he was, you know, they're loving him, I guess, in social media, his followers. You know, there are things that can be a real hit on social media that just flop in the real world. May I hear Beto, please, interrupt the, yeah, okay, go ahead. So that's it. All right. You guys. Uh, all right. Uh, Gail. Uh, yeah, that was really bad. How are you anyway? Hey, you still there? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have another point. Sure. Um, as far as school and these books that are going around the hey. CRT, they should really, in the young ages, say people are different and really push on the bullying part and teach, you know, everybody is different and the teachers have to get involved um, to notice things and, you know, try to nip things in the bud, get get parents or a guardian or a school group together to stop bullying. It is terrible. Hello. I was bullied myself. But I did a fair amount of bullying, too. I did. It's kind of a rite of passage, but the difference now with the cyberbullying and it follows you home wherever you go, it is awful. And for all the awareness campaigns, uh, they've done nothing. It's, 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 it still happens. Can you imagine bullying somebody, making fun of them because he's poor? Apparently that was going on with this kid. Hey, I got to go. I'll be right back. Thanks. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, somebody wanted to kill George W. Bush, former President Bush. That's bad. But, um... Hey, remember, we went to we bombed Iraq, I think, after they wanted to kill George H.W. Bush. We bombed uh, we bombed Iraq in the late 1990s. So we take this stuff very, very seriously. Uh, oh, I like Trace Gallagher. What's he talking about here? He's got some information on this. Cut six. 
The suspect has now been identified as 52-year-old Iraqi immigrant Shihab Ahmed Shihab Shihab, who appeared in court in Columbus, Ohio earlier today. We are learning he came to the U.S. on a visitor's visa in September 2020 and filed for asylum in March of 2021. That request is still pending. But back in November, Shihab traveled to Dallas, where the former president lives. And apparently he took video around his home and even recruited other Iraqis that he wanted to smuggle into the U.S. to help him carry out the assassination attempt. Uh, wait, what's his name again? How many Shahabs did I hear? I'm sorry, but I, that's unusual. I don't care if his name is Bob. It was like Bob, 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 Bob Jones, Bob, uh, Trace Gallagher. One more time on the guy's name. Cut six. The suspect has now been identified as 52-year-old Iraqi immigrant Shihab Ahmed Shihab Shihab, who appeared in court in Columbus, Ohio. All right, Ohio that was three Shahabs. I was right. Ahmad Shahab Ahmed Shahab Shahab. That's got to be an unusual name, even in Iraq. Uh, what else about this guy? Cut seven. The FBI uncovered the plot through confidential informants, as well as surveillance of Shihab's WhatsApp account, which, of course, is a messaging platform. Shihab wanted to assassinate Bush because he, quoting here, felt the former president was responsible for killing many Iraqis and breaking apart the country after the 2003 U.S. military invasion. Well, uh, bring your complaints to the world court. You don't kill a guy or try to kill the guy. You're in big trouble, uh, Shahab, Shahab, Shahab. Cut eight. GOP Senator Rob Portman says the suspects wanted to come across the southern border because it's easier. Oh. And the affidavit says that because the primary suspect was under FBI surveillance, the threat to the former president overall was low. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it was. Good. Good that it was low. We want George W. Bush. I don't like the guy, but I want him to die of old age, 110. Live long. Um, hey, another thing. I told you about the subway victim, a guy who worked at Goldman Sachs. He may have been targeted because he was gay. This may have been a hate crime. Uh, his sister, her name is Danielle Enriquez. She's been talking. Go ahead. Cut five. If my brother died, let him, let him not die in vain. The fact that it was unprovoked, it just angers you because it could have been anyone. And instead, my brother was, my brother was the victim and I hate calling him a victim. I hate, I hate that he became a, a statistic, a crime statistic. She's really angry at Mayor Adams. She's like, this guy's got to start doing his job. For Adams, it's just another opportunity to be on TV. And he's like, what did they call uh, John Kerry? Live shot John. He just, he'd fall all over himself to get on television. He liked the way he looked on TV. And I notice uh, Mayor Adams is dying of overexposure. Cut one. We got him. And we got him in a way that he did not cause more injuries uh, to New Yorkers. And I think the commissioner stated something uh, that's important. We got a killer off our streets. Too late. But far too many killers are back on our streets. Through a revolving door criminal justice system. Uh, yeah, it's the system. It's the system. What about all your street smarts and law enforcement uh, skill? You don't got none. We know that about you, Eric. We know that. All you got are things, are little catchy slogans and rhymes. Right? It ain't going to get you through. This guy was in that subway to begin with. 
hey, stop and frisk. It was constitutionally protected. You guys let it get demonized and vilified and canceled, essentially. You've ruined law enforcement. Cut two. We will never surrender our streets to violence. Yeah, too late. What happened last summer? I want summer? to thank the men and women of the NYPD for apprehending this dangerous person off our streets. Just another opportunity for him to get on TV. Just another opportunity for him to, you know, more exposure. Oh, and it's not his fault. It's not, it's not anything he can do. It's a culture. Cut three. We see it far too often, and all of this is fueled by America's toxic gun cultures. America's toxic gun cultures. Um, hey, if you want to talk about that, become a sociologist. You're the mayor. You got 50,000 cops, 35,000 in uniform, 15,000 civilians. Go ahead and put all that creativity to use. What does he do? Try to sell the NYPD a bogus lasso. That's what he, he comes out. He looks for new technologies that he can profit from and his friends and his chief of staff. His chief of staff is a guy named Carone, C-A-R-O-N-E. He's a f- political, um, well, I guess he's a hack, right? He's a, a, the lawyer for the Democrat Party in Brooklyn. Okay, I'm sure that's all on the up and up. And he <laughs> uh, invested in uh, this lasso company. A couple of he invested over a million dollars, oh, oh, nearly a million dollars, made a half a million dollars on this lasso company, and they're trying to sell the lasso to the NYPD. The NYPD doesn't want a lasso. Uh, they know it's 2022, and lassos uh, kind of they stopped using them in 1890. We don't need any lassos, okay? <laughs> we need cops who are backed up by judges and the public. They got the equipment they need. They need the backing of their political overlords. Although I don't like to call them overlords. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, the gunman, I'm hearing a little bit more about him in Texas. 19 children, my God. Two teachers killed, second, third, fourth graders. The gunman, um, Salvatore Ramos, 18 years old, no criminal record, no known mental health issues. He uh, sent some very weird text messages via social media to uh, people he barely knew. Um, Well, we don't know much more. I hear he was bullied in school. That seems to go with these things often. Uh, Texas Governor Sheriff Deputy's daughter was killed in the school shooting. Gosh. And uh, and how about this? A horrible tragedy. You know, communities coming together. Public officials are sharing whatever information they know. And in walks a hungry for attention politician who's now lost two campaigns back to back, one for the U.S. Senate and one for. The presidency. He's got a lot of nerve running for the presidency. I'm talking about Beto O'Rourke. Little Beto. Little Beto who does a very bad RFK impression, you know? Skinny, big floppy hair. Um, You know, I'm so cool and rich, I don't have to dress up kind of routine. I'll just wear this uh, dingy old button-down shirt because I'm so rich and privileged. I don't have to try. He goes there and... um, Shoots his mouth off in the middle of a press conference. 
It's really a bad move. He looks like a maniac. He looks like a jerk. And I think they handled it very well. One guy got really angry. I don't blame him at all. May I hear this now? The number for the district attorney's office for victim services, the number is 830-278-2916. And at this time, I will uh, pass the mic to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Sit down. I do not like this. Next shooting is right now, and you are doing nothing. No. You need to get his ass out of here. This isn't the place to talk to the show. This is totally predictable. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you are out of line. Sir, you are out of line. Please leave this auditorium. I can't believe you're a sick son of a bitch that would come to a deal like this to make a political issue. Yeah, you want me to come in? I love it. I like that guy. Sick son of a bitch. Damn straight. Damn straight. Um, that is a really sick thing to do. Beto. And you find that thing? Beto is an anti-gun maniac. With Joe Biden right by his side. And Joe Biden, you know, we have to get over this thing that he lost his uh, two children 50 years ago. Was it two? One, his daughter and his wife. You never hear about them. You only hear about Joe being a single dad to Bo and Hunter. You don't talk about, don't talk about that. But last night he talked about grief and how he knows it and all that stuff. And he talks about himself when he should be talking about others. And then he uh, he gets angry, and it's like, this is on him. This is somehow a burden on him. Cut 11. I am sick and tired of it. We have to act. And don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. Um, that's the thing. We just have to do something. And that's what politicians do. This afternoon, he's going to be signing some Law enforcement, do-goodery. It looks great. It sounds great. It means nothing. My father will be on the Newsmax show. We'll break it down tonight. Uh, you know, it's just a bunch of feel-good stuff. But anybody who knows anything about law enforcement will tell you this is meaningless. Cops basically have the tools and equipment they need. What they do not have is the backing from political leadership and the courts and the public. Always trying to bust them, getting them in trouble. It's... Uh, that's that's a real thing. And cops know it. You know it. We delegitimized police over the past two years. Hey, James is calling from Valley Stream. Hey, James, in Valley Stream. Do you know where uh, the police commissioner lives? I hear she lives in Valley Stream. Do you know anything about that? Uh, that was in my... Uh, I, I, they, uh, review, they reviewed the abortion. But they should review the death penalty with the electric chair. Hey, also, uh, uh, James, uh, yeah, I, I got. All right. Um, what should we review again? Uh, the death penalty and the electric chair. What else? Yeah, the electric chair, the electric chair. They took that away from us. Judge Leibowitz, many years ago. Why do you uh, why do you I care guess, about the electric chair? Why? Because I watched the uh, I watched those uh, shows on TV about all the the uh, serial killers. Yeah. How they massacre, murder. 
beautiful women. Right. And uh, and they and we have to feed them for the rest of their lives. All right. So you're a death penalty uh, uh, proponent. Me, me too. A fanatic about it. Okay. Well, anyway, and you, you electric chair is your preferred method, that's, huh? That's what you want. You want the death penalty for these punks. Also, they uh. should review. They should review the uh, the business where. If you're a mental case, you you have to be asked, do you want to be sent away? The American Civil Liberties Union took care of that. In other words, that's why they're roaming around. You cannot lock up a mentally sick person unless they kill somebody. You understand? Yes, and as uh, as raw and kind of down in the earth you sound, uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong there, James. Uh, getting back to my question, if you don't mind, do you know anything about uh, Keychant? Uh, what the hell's her name again? Uh, the police commissioner. Does she live in Valley Stream? Oh, I don't know. All right. Well, I thanks, James. Thanks, James. Look, hey, I how far are you it. from the Green Acres Mall? Oh, maybe five minutes. I don't know why I asked By that. Car. All right. By car, I'm the, right? I'm at the edge. I'm up right at the edge. Oh, calm uh, down, James. It sounds to me like you got it made. Are you retired? I'm retired. Well, according to me, I'm retired. When I tell people like you that I'm retired, my wife says, no, he's retarded. I'm retired. Oh, stop yeah. that. Come on. Yeah. Wait a second. Now, wait, 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 wait. Why are you so on edge? Why are you? Maybe you should watch less cable news. Come on. The life is beautiful. I, Take I a walk. I don't have cable. I come from a very poor neighborhood. Look in my block here where I live. I'm the only one that's got an aerial. An antenna, right? Nobody else could afford an aerial. All right. Well, I don't, uh, have, yeah. cable. I don't have cable. I don't even know how to use I'm 96. Yeah, I got out of the army <laughs> in '46, so I got a right to beef. Well, I mean, I would hope that by the this age, you you know, I mean, I wouldn't get worked up about anything. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like it's not your problem in a way, or it won't be for much longer. I mean, let's face it. I hope you live to be 120, but my my sob doctor. Jeez, I it's that. amazing I you li- live to be 96 with this attitude. What's wrong with you? Oh, never mind. Hey, James, listen, I got to I gotta go. I can't leave you like this, though. You sound so down in the dumps. From the, from the VA. Dr. Zucker from the VA. I keep cursing him out because he refuses to tell me when I'm going to die. <laughs> I, I got Lackawanna. That's uh, alias uh, leukemia. Yeah. And yeah. he refuses to tell me when I'm going to go. Oh, wow. He's, he's no good. Well, he's no good. Thanks for cheering us up there, James. Keep in touch, and happy birthday. And uh, uh, stay. Uh, when is your birthday? April 14th. Oh, we missed it. That's the day before uh, Roosevelt got killed, uh, died, I oh, think. Yeah. No? Yeah. All right. L- last thing. Hey, you live to be 96. I know you kind of got your gripes. But what's a piece of advice you could give to a younger person out there? Who's you know forty fifty years away from being oh, your age? Well, join the army. Well, I got drafted. Uh, join the army. Drink like a bum, uh-huh, and screw around with all the women you can, and you'll be ninety six. Oh, that's be- that's that 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 that's the secret to success. Huh? That was your longevity. Drink like a bum, and screw around all you can. I I don't. I don't think that's the way. All right, you're just kidding with us. Thanks, James. We, we Thanks. We have no money. I know, James. All right. All right. James, James. Thank you. Uh wow. That's uh that's hardcore. That's uh that's the real deal. Charles in Woodbridge. Charles, please. 
please. How oh, my, um, well, no, oh, uh, very good, thank you. My, um, my sympathies goes out to all those families over in Texas and, you know, people in Buffalo and everything like that. And I'll take my answer off the air. And um, if those people, right, all the people I hear, a bunch of people say, okay, Second Amendment, uh, that was only for uh, people that had muskets, and that was, you know, you know, 200 years ago and everything. And um, if those, any of those teachers <clears throat> in either one of those schools and uh, Columbine or any of those places, if they were armed and they were proficient in firearms, that those things wouldn't have happened or they wouldn't have been as so bad as they were. And um, all those people that say that, you know, okay, the Second Amendment was for like 200 years ago, I can make the argument and say, okay, well, these people should be armed now because you got a bunch of characters going around that are getting firearms rather legally or illegally. They're going crazy and shooting people. I hear you, and, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we should arm the teachers at this point. At least arm. Uh, we need to have some armed personnel. You can't have hundreds of kids in a building without some weaponry there to uh, to defend them. And I know that's going to be impossible to pull off in certain locales, but it really it really should. Hey, I, I just I can't not resist. I I can't resist. I got to check in with Garden City. Rob is on the phone from Garden City. Hi, Rob. Hey, Greg, uh, number one, my wife and I, we watch the TV show every night. It's fantastic. I'm not blowing smoke. I've produced a lot of TV myself. But here's the thing. You said the magic words before. What? Psychotropic drug. Yeah. That is the issue. It's never discussed. I'm so proud of you. It's a huge issue. I've been in the health and medicine media and publishing for 40 years. I can bury you in statistics. I've been covering this thing and following it for over 10 years. This is it. Of course, we should arm everybody. Teachers should have guns. Everyone should have guns. We should have Of course, it's all common sense. But the real issue, the cause of it, are the drugs. All the most infamous uh, killers. And I'll, I'll send you an article if you give me your, whatever email. Your, uh, producer you know, Rob, actually, today. if you don't mind, I would love to get the article. Now, Kevin, do you, you have my email address? You have it? Yeah. All right, so do me a favor. i got to close the loop on this because I could use Rob's help. So, Rob, do me a favor. I'm going to put you on hold. They're going to and they're going to give you my email. Would you please send me whatever data you have? Okay. No, glad to do it. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Uh, let's make that happen. Give him my email, and uh, yeah, please. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that, pal. I mean, nobody ever does talk about it. It seems now so incredibly obvious. We've got so many, and it doesn't matter if this shooter was on those drugs or not. I mean, we're talking trends. We're talking over years and years and years. We have children now being prescribed these medications. And look, they help a lot of people. I have taken certain medications in my life. Uh, quite frankly, it didn't totally agree with me. One of them made me fat. It just made me so big, I couldn't handle it. And then I was even more depressed because I was carrying around all the extra weight. And I asked the doctor, he's like, you know, so how you feeling? I said, I feel okay, except uh, pretty, I don't know, I'm getting really fat. He's like, yeah, it'll do that. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's a side effect? Okay, because I've, I've never felt worse. So uh, I, I went off it. Anyway, uh, there, some of these drugs, and I, the reason why we don't have a conversation is because the damn drug companies are so powerful and they don't want to have that. It's, it's, it stops before it even starts. And uh, this is America. It's still a free country. I don't care how big these corporations are. Oh, and here's the guy. Is this the father of the park? Yeah, again, Ted Cruz is not evil, all right? I don't want to say anyone's evil, Joe Biden's misguided and totally corrupt, but evil, I wouldn't even go that far. One more, Joe in New Jersey. Hey, Greg, um, thanks for having me on. You know, I just wanted to say that the, I think the biggest issue here, and we're overlooking it, is, and someone brought up before, is about, it's God. You know, these kids, 
they don't have God. They don't have they don't have family. They don't have fathers. You know, they they I think they see no hope. They have no direction. And then, like you know, government tries to step in. These drugs step in to try to fill the and they try to use them to fill the void. So, like when I see the politicians get on blaming, you know, blaming guns when when really they should look look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know, what what kind of society have they created. Everything and, uh, seems to be collapsing. You're right. There's less emphasis on the church than ever before. Now, I do have to point out that, and I, people, it drives them crazy when I do this, but even after the horrible events of yesterday, I mean, if you compare where we are, 2022, 2022, life in America, you compare it to uh, the year 1100. <laughs> And let's say we were in Saxony in, 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 in Europe. I mean, the savagery, the savagery. This is a golden age. This is heaven. That's what I got to, uh, I wish, what's his name? James from Valley Stream was back on the phone. This is heaven. He's complaining about cable TV and the aerial and the doctor. He's got a doctor. He's 96 years old. Do we have any 96 years old in the year 1100? <laughs> I don't think so. It's we're doing a lot of things great as a planet, as a society, as a, as a country. We really are. And a lot of things are screwed up. And I'm not content. I'm not saying that's any we don't want to just sit down and watch, watch life pass us by. And I think a lot of things are on the line right now. But still, um, it's it's easy to feel like James. And I don't want you to. And you're right, Joe, about God. Hey, final thought. Then I got to go. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, I think we, the only way to get back to where, where we ought to be as a society is, you know, having our parents, you know, having parents take control. I heard a lady on before, and she was nice, but she said, you know, the teachers need to get involved more. My wife's a teacher, but and she does the best she can. I think she takes herself in front of a gunman. But it's the parents who need to take control of their kids, not the, not the teachers, not the school. Um, you know, it's just, it's so frustrating um, to hear these guys you know, the politicians, especially talking about a, a problem that many of them have created, and then they look for boogeymen um, to blame. So, you know, people need, I think we're waking up, but it's, uh, you know, it's really frustrating. I'm, you know, I'm a parent of two kids. They're grown now. And my, like my father was killed by terrorists, too. I've been on the show. Okay. Before. Yeah. I, Joe, I appreciate it. You're, you're, uh, but I'm, I'm really up against a hard break. Thank you, Joe. I know what happened to your dad at Francis Tavern in the early 70s. It was terrible. We're going to watch that film. Thank you, Joe. Keep in touch. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, we're back. We're back. We're back. I'm looking at various media personalities. Uh, they're all broken down about what happened in Texas. And I understand it does. There's a there's some authenticity to their emotion, but there's also a lot of fakery going on. I'm sorry. If you want to see a pretty flawed movie, but with some brilliant moments, uh, Michael Moore and I, I totally disagree about the a lot of things, gun control first and foremost. But I happen to agree with him on our corrupt media culture and the corruption of George W. Bush. Um, but if you want to see something kind of magnificent, watch Bowling for Columbine. You will not like the uh, the gun control stuff. Neither do I. I. I like to consume content, people I don't even know or like or whatever. But I usually learn something. 
and there's something really amazing about his media critique. I'm going to try to find it. I'm going to show a portion of it tonight on the Newsmax show. Um, the corrupt media culture, their perpetual exploitation of misery, and as Rush called them, the drive-by media. They just get the hell out of there, right? They soak it up. They, they do whatever they do for ratings, and then that's it. That's it. Now, there's a bit more of an agenda here because now they have a mission. You know, protect Democrats, hurt Trump. Before, it was just to protect themselves. Well, maybe we'll help Democrats if it's convenient for us. But no, now it's very, very much of the... Wait a second. Was white supremacy involved in all of this? I don't think so. Joe is in Long Island. Yes, Joe. Hi. Hi, Greg. Love your show. Love your show. Uh, I just was wondering why uh, this kid in um, Uvalde, that's murderer, uh, if he was a white person, they would, you would hear the word, the uh, expression white supremacy about 5,000 times. I okay. agree. If they, wanted, if, if, they wanted, if they want to do that, fine. Why can't they say this happened to be a person of color? Evidently, he is. Yeah, now, his name is Salvatore Ramos, and they are de-emphasizing him. I have noticed that. Now, fair, we don't have a motive. We don't have much in the way of background, but I noticed that the FBI, they were very, very aggressive in Buffalo. And here... They seem quite circumspect about everything. Anyway, keep going, Joe. Well, mention it. The first thing she was on, at least a half a dozen times, white supremacy. Okay, if you want to do that, fine. But this kid is not white. And uh, they should at least say he's a person of color, not just a killer. A person of color. That's it. You know, if you don't want to say that, then don't say white supremacy. Well, that's all. look, it, his... his uh it's descriptive, and I do know, no matter what the crime, if the alleged perpetrator happens to be white, you never hear the end of it. Forget white supremacy for a moment. But if it's a person of color, black, Hispanic, whatever, they talk around it. They talk. They call the person a man, the gunman, the shooter. Uh, if it's a if it's Waukesha, Wisconsin, they'll say the motorist. I mean, uh, the car ran into all those people. It is astounding, and you notice it. I notice it. Uh, I wonder, by the way. If it, they do it consciously, maybe it's so ingrained, the lack of fairness, uh, the bias. I don't know. Thank you, Joe. Good point. Good point. All right. Hey, the wife is here. Could you send her in, please, as we wrap up the show? I've got a bit of a tummy ache. I've been eating. Honey, would you come in here, please? Yes, I'd like to speak with you. Here she comes. How do you do? Have a seat, please. Mrs. Judith Kelly. Hi. Hi. Well, you're late today. I know. I went outlet shopping with your mom. <gasps> Did you have to go out to New Jersey or something? Where'd we you go? We went to Brooklyn. It was very pleasant. Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn. So uh, where'd you go? Where'd you buy me? Uh, we looked at furniture. No. We just did a reconnaissance trip. I just wanted to see whether they actually had anything of value in these outlet stores. And do they, they do. They do. They do. So when I'm ready to pull the trigger, I'll be going back to Brooklyn. <laughs> what about uh, Ikea? It's over there. Did you go to Ikea? I didn't go to Ikea. Now you don't. You look down on the Ikea stuff. It's okay. No. I love Ikea. I you love like that the stuff. meatballs. Well, the, the meatballs and the ice cream, it's like dirt cheap, good food. Have you ever looked at the furniture at Ikea? No, I have. Don't you remember when you first met me, I had that big leather couch? That was Ikea. It's all you had in your apartment, primarily. 
It was like uh, it was, didn't have a table. I or, thought I had the greatest setup, and you got there, and you were like, you were, you were not impressed. I thought I had a great bachelor pad. I think we got close because you liked all the throw pillows in my apartment. Your place was cozy. You like coziness. Oh, um, all right. Anyway, thanks for lunch. What is it? Um, surprise. A bit of a different combination Wait, than usual. I'm, ca- I'm getting the drip that you didn't bring anything today. I did. I oh. did. It's chicken. It's broccoli. It's cauliflower. It's mixed leaves. Oh, man. That does. I'm good. You're supposed to say what? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> cauliflower and mixed leaves. What do you think I am? A rabbit? All right. Well, thank you. And I got to go. I'll see you tonight, folks, on the Newsmax show. Thanks, guys, for calling in. Uh, Talk soon.